0: Hi, I'm Sarah Shea.
1: and I'm Strangely Duesberg.
0: Welcome to the Pilot House
1: podcast, where we watch all the shows we missed the first time
0: around and try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. Those who are wondering why I've asked you here today, Strangely.
1: it, it is odd that uh, you decided to meet me here at this strange motel in Twin Peaks, Washington.
0: You know that doesn't actually exist. Right?
1: What's that? It doesn't exist.
0: I mean, there's a town there, but it's not called Twin Peaks. Well,
1: yeah. What is the... I've been to the cafe. (laughs) I
0: can't remember. Yeah, it's Tweety's or something like that is the name of the real cafe. Anyway, this is not why we're here, strangely. We haven't watched Twin Peaks, and we (laughs) never will.
1: Why are we here? Okay. uh... We are here because we're doing the season finale of season five of Pilot House.
0: That's correct. Our Nick at Night season is fully released. You have heard all of the Nick at Night there is to hear, and it's too hot in this room for me to think super clearly, so this is going to be a fun episode, but you guys know we normally get together and talk about each show that we covered in the previous season and whether we picked it up for syndication, um, and then we talk a little bit about the future of the podcast. This time it's going to be a little different because due to pandemic stuff and also life stuff we watched all of that season in, like, a couple of days and recorded all of that season in a couple of days, which sort of messes with your watching ability. You, Any show you're super stoked to watch more of, if you watch another one later that you're also stoked to watch more of, you're not going to do both. And I think it had the effect for both of us of making us not actually end up watching any of them.
1: Yeah, I... Didn't we, maybe while we were hanging out, watch one more episode of something that night?
0: We watched two more episodes of Batman, which is really one more episode because they're two-parters. Because we happened to watch Batman last that day and pizza had just arrived, I think. And we were Mm -hmm. like, also, we were stoked to see more. Just to bathe ourselves in that universe. So Batman does get the special distinction of being the only show from this season that we really did just have to watch one more episode. But I think there were a few others that we said, I'm stoked to watch more of this. Let's go do it right now. But then we had to record one more episode and then it ran too late and then we were kind of tired or whatever. We didn't know.
1: And it's interesting that I didn't go back to any of these, but that kind of leads into, I guess, kind of an overarching feeling I had about this season and something that I kept coming, something that I've thought about from the shows we watched this season quite a bit since we recorded is that I miss... And this is something I've said on Pilot House before. I miss television being a 30-minute or a 60-minute block of time yeah. where you get a story and then you're done. And you don't yeah. have to watch nine hours to really understand it. Yeah. You don't have to have seen every like spinoff with characters you don't even care about just to know who that guy is who showed up during the credits or whatever. Like, yeah. It's just a, a 50, 55 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever... Story. Yeah, and it has a beginning, a middle, and end. People grow, people learn things, people change, and then they all get in the ship and fly away, or they're all heading down the road, or you know, da 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 da, and we're done, and we're yeah. out, and like I think that is something that is a recurring theme with all of these shows that we watched. Even though I, I know you know vaguely that some of them had growth over time, but it they were all created with the idea being that they would just give you a chunk that week of nice time. You know, you would just yeah. have a time. Yeah. It was a thing to watch. Um, and I've been thinking about that a lot. Cause I, I really enjoyed the new Star Trek show, strange new worlds that actually is, it, it's built on that formula. There's no overarching plot about the universe or saving, the, solving nice. some big mystery. Yeah. yeah. Anything like that. It's entirely planet of the week. Yeah. We show up, we have the a ship problem. comes to a
0: planet yep. or someone comes to the ship. A problem happens. The problem is solved move on.
1: Yeah. And just realizing that there are so few pieces of media created with that kind of mentality anymore, that, that everything has to be this big sprawling, whatever, you know, even novels, like so many novels are like book one in the trader Raven trilogy or whatever. Like, it's just like, I just want a beginning, middle and end. And thinking back to all of these pilots, like When we initially started Pilot House, it was like, we'll speculate about where the show's going to go in the future, future season cliffhangers or whatever. And it's like, none of these shows give us anything to work with. Because it's just like, it will be more of these people in roughly this situation for eternity. And like, especially poor Gilligan. Um, (laughs) But like, I kind of like that. That's kind of something that I feel like, a lot of older television pre-1990 had.
0: Yeah.
1: And kind of a thing that I think drew us both to do this podcast in the first place and to have a whole season of shows that all felt like that. Like, I feel like I could watch episode 50 of any of these shows and be relatively oriented already
0: yeah,
1: and good to go. Um, and I, I know that's me repeating a thing that I say a lot on this show, but like to really get a chance to sink into, into that kind of thing, I always say I want that. When we're watching shows that don't have it. And so to get to watch a bunch of shows that do have it was really, really nice.
0: Yeah. I think of all of the themes we've done, Mm -hmm. this was the one that was the most samey in terms of the actual content we were watching. Yeah. Because like the season where we watched a different show from every decade was, by nature, forced us to watch a bunch of very different types of shows. Yeah. These shows were all from roughly the same time period. And that... In and of itself says something about the kind of show. They were still very different genres. I mean, Dragnet is very different from the Addams family, but yeah. they are both from the 60s. So there were rules about TV at that time mm-hmm. that are different from the, what they are now, you know. So those having those same rules applied to every show mm-hmm. affected our feeling about the overall season. Mm-hmm. And it made it harder for each individual show to stand out quite so much in our minds. I think that's part of why we weren't drawn to pick any of them up
1: yeah it, it, i mean in some ways it did almost feel like we watched eight episodes of uh one thing yeah like there were a lot of commonalities just in, in terms yeah. of sort of
0: i mean certainly like bewitched and uh, i dream of Jeannie. you know right we we kind of walked into that one by watching two shows one of which was based on the other basically but those two and then also gilligan had a similar level of like shenanigans mm-hmm. um and then, like I'd say, like Dragnet was kind of the outlier of being the most different.
1: I mean, yeah.
0: Well, it was it? Was the and only one Dragnet that was a comedy? And
1: Dick Van Dyke were the two outliers for me, yeah, for different reasons.
0: But then Dragnet is the outlier, even on top of that, because Dick Van Dyke was still a comedy, right? Am I wrong? Is that the, was that the only show we watched that wasn't on a sitcom? Uh, Do I
1: need to like pull
0: up the the season?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's fair to say.
0: Other than the other than the scuttlebutt mm-hmm. about theme songs, like *Dragnet* was the only episode about our show that was not a comedy, and I think that was part of what made it really. I think we both felt really like this is so refreshing and like interesting yeah. and different because it was it felt different from uh, from modern TV, but also very different from everything else we'd watched for the season.
1: Yeah, as a cultural artifact, *Dragnet* was so compelling mm-hmm. like I, I do still think about that i've described that episode to a couple people like just like having a drink because it's yeah. like it's such an odd little slice of time where it's kind of that weird it's that weird time period that in some ways actually there there's this commonality with the first episode of batman where he goes to the club and gets dosed with some sort of drug and <laughs> is like <laughs> tripping out and yeah. dancing all weird uh there was that weird, oh no that
0: for the record, that was just him dancing. That is not the fault of the drugs. Right. He passes but, out as a result. I just don't want you to yeah. let Adam West off the hook.
1: For the he dancing. He thought
0: that dancing was supposed to actually look cool.
1: Well, no, I, I mean, sure. <laughs> but I guess what I'm getting at is like, there yeah. was kind of this interesting period of of stuff being made around that time where you had the the counterculture, kind of hippie culture, everything rising up. And then you had yeah. sort of, establishment culture interacting with it or looking at it or commenting on it and so like with dragnet it's like you have these cop characters who we learned later were like created in an entirely different era that then got ported to tv later um and it's sort of like having them then regarding the youth of the 60s yeah or like with the case of Batman, where it's like he goes into this club and clearly he's like having a weird time. Like yeah. it's a weird experience for him even yeah. before the drugs. Yeah, I guess I should clarify. Thank you for reminding me of that. He is uh, he
0: is sort of a, a straight laced citizen. Yeah. In a, in a lot of ways.
1: But it, I you know those that was such an interesting cultural artifact to look at because it's sort of like the difference between a modern show where you have like a bunch of. You know, trans queer character youth. You know, something like um, I've not watched it, but I've heard things about like Euphoria or something like that, where it's like sort of centering those kind of stories, versus a more established show like the uh, the Roseanne and now Connor's reboot, where mm-hmm. they have the kid who's like some form of um, gender expression. You know, the kid. The kid. I have watched like, it. I, I was oh, never a fan of the show. Yeah, so I, I'm I not either. It but it's sort of like. It's a more establishment thing. And then they're like, oh, we should have we should explore some of this. Yeah. And they're like, well, what if we give them a kid who I think is like a little boy, but wears dresses or something? And it's like, you know, it's just like that that feels more like what was going on in Dragnet, where it's like (laughs) sort of like kind of, you know, the old guard being like, we recognize that there's young, weird creativity coming up and we should engage with it somehow. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of like that interesting transitional period is really it's a weird thing to look at, because yeah. if that show had been made 10 years later, I don't think it would have been like a Joseph Conrad style heart of darkness journey <laughs> for those for the um, for uh, Friday and Friday, Thursday, Wednesday. What's what day? the Friday, are that we, Friday. for fr- Friday and um
0: Mary Morgan. I can't remember. Yeah. the <laughs> I other Can't one. remember the other one's name.
1: To to go into yeah. the, the drug culture, yeah. it would have been yeah. a very different, yeah, story.
0: That that made so much more sense once I found out that not that I questioned it uh-huh. at the time, but I I understood it even more when I realized, oh, this was actually the return of an older show. Right. It was them being like. Yeah, we're gonna be tackling today's issues. Right. This isn't an This might be an old idea, and it might be an old premise and an old character. Right. But like, we're gonna be getting into it, fam. Right. LSD is the the wave of the future for drugs. Oh man. <laughs> but yeah, that also I think uh, one of the interesting things about that show is that I said earlier that it um, was very different from modern TV, but at the same time, I can absolutely see how this was a predecessor to like your law and orders. Oh yeah. Your CSIs. Like I can see this as being kind of the, the, the trendsetter blazing the trail.
1: Yeah. Well, cause there's like that, there was that scene in it where the, the, they go to the, um, the crime lab or whatever. And the guy is doing like the, they have like the, uh, the chemist or whoever. Mm-hmm. And he like, there's like slightly more chemistry than one would expect. For the plot. Right. Like, it's yeah. unnecessary yeah. for the plot to have that hard, it's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, Neil Stevenson, sit down. But,
0: <laughs> but it's like, that was the vibe of that yeah. show. We're going to show you how it actually happens. Right. Like, we're going to give you extra details. Like, most shows would have never thought to be like, it was this time we left the office. At this time we yeah. arrived. You know, you never thought you needed that, but it was like that was that it was that ver- verisimilitude that they were yeah. going for. Where they're were like, we're gonna tell you how real cops actually do real investigations, and whether it was accurate or not is uh, a question for someone else who knows more about that time period. But that's clearly what they were aiming for.
1: Yeah, I mean that traces all the way up to something like uh, we watched last season Brooklyn Nine Nine, where it had I think they had the times. They had like a location and time on there. On the screen, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, I'm sure it happened before Dragnet, but it's sort of like this ongoing tradition of having those details.
0: From what I've read about it, my impression is that Dragnet really set that standard. Yeah. Dragnet was the first person, I mean, and remember that Dragnet started as a radio show in the 40s. Prior to that, crime stories were always very sensational. That's my understanding. So yeah. they were they were really the first ones to be like, but what if we tried to actually tell stories about real crimes that happen to real people and how real detectives really investigate them instead of it being like, you know, a, a vigilantes and exciting like mobster shootouts and right. stuff. So anyway, we didn't come here to talk exclusively about Dragnet.
1: But I do think it sort of points to sort of this larger th- experience that we did have with these shows where... They were made in this, you know, sort of looking at them as a as a whole. Yeah. They all kind of got made in this time of transition where there were things being explored on them that were possibly not necessarily portrayed on television before or being shown in, a, in front of a wider audience. Like, I, I dream of genie. Yeah. Comes up with a situation where you have an unmarried man and an, and woman. Yeah. Like li- cohabitating. Yeah. And even, like, going into the bedroom together at the end of the episode. I mean, granted, she turns into a puff of smoke, goes under the door, but yeah, still. Yeah,
0: still very risque. And, you know, it's like. Uh, in, a, in a time period where, as far as I know, even then, it was still it could have been very briefly before that or it could have still been happening. But the tradition of showing married couples with, like, twin beds in their bedroom because, like, you could not imply that even a married couple was sharing a bed. Yeah. Like, that was either in very recent history at that point or it was still happening. And so, yeah, to even imply that two, you know, unmarried people were, like, in, in a in a bedroom together mm-hmm. for any length of time seems, like, oh my, very... It's gay. If we can't show her belly button, we're at least going to show her going into the bedroom with him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, like sort of watching people tiptoe around that or sort of figure out what they could and couldn't do with things like that.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, again, like, and so now the Adam's family, you know, I'm not the first one to notice, nor the thousandth one to notice. Like that whole thing where because Gomez and Morticia are technically doing everything yeah. opposite day, Yeah, you can have a married couple be super affectionate and all into each other yeah. on TV because the joke is, haha, this is the opposite day. Yeah.
0: You know what's interesting, though, actually, about that? Um, this is something that didn't come up on either of the episodes, and I don't know why. Uh-huh. It seemed really obvious to me when I was editing. Like, why didn't we talk about this? Was that that's what I've always heard people say, is that... Uh yeah, one of the weird things about the Adams family is that this married couple are actually affectionate and in love with each other. And I just I went, yeah, okay, yeah, I've I've seen I've seen enough sitcoms, even to this day, yeah. about married couples who do not seem to like each other all that much. So it just that math checked out. But then you have the Dick Van Dyke show yeah. with a married couple who are very affectionate and physically affectionate. Yep. Like in the parlance of our times, they fuck.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: I remember thinking, like, oh wow, that's because this was maybe even before. Mm-hmm. If I don't remember the exact years of either pilot, but if it wasn't before Adams Family, they were right around the same time. Right. So that I wonder how that was received. If it was on the Adams Family, it was received as another sign that this is a, a weird, unusual couple. Mm-hmm. Like, how is it received on? Dick Van Dyke where they're not the 100% cliche couple because right. he has a slightly unusual job writing for right. television. Uh, as, as far as jobs that are depicted on TV mm-hmm. at the time. Anyway, he doesn't work at a factory <laughs> or in a, just in a, any old office. But other than that, they're pretty conventional. She's a stay at home mom. They have one kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's, she's wearing, she was wearing pants, which I did see someone say on the internet that like, her pedal pushers were like a revelation for a stay at home mom on TV to be wearing pants around the house. It was like, Whoa. But yeah, she's still a stay at home mom. The entire first episode, the the main thrust of the episode is women's intuition. And I'm worried about my son who might be sick and the over concerned mom and the dad being like, you're, you're, you're overthinking it, honey. But so in a lot of ways they were very conventional, but then yeah, this whole like, man, those last five seconds are hot. Yeah. When she takes off the necklace, like mm-hmm. damn.
1: Mm-hmm. It's funny because like, <laughs> even though I didn't pick up the show, I did go and read Dick Van Dyke's memoir. Oh, th- the title of which has completely escaped me, but it's but it's funny. It's so funny. Like he's just he's it he remi- seems
0: like he'd be delightful.
1: He's of a somewhat concurrent era with Steve Martin, and there's a lot of similarities between how he writes and uh, Born Standing Up, Steve Martin's book about mm. kind of a similar era of show business similar struggles like a kind of a similar arc, uh but he talked about working on the dick van dyke show with carl reiner and how there were things in it that they thought they weren't going to get away with but then they did and a key element to it was that the relationship with like with mary tyler moore felt so real that most audiences and again this is dick van dyke's like kind of
0: Cheer, like yeah. winky remember uh, it's a memoir yeah not a <laughs> uh, citations yeah. galore but required with his, a memoir but.
1: his impression of why they got away with these things yeah some of the stuff was that people really thought he and mary were married because the on-screen chemistry and just their their ease with each other was so believable Aww, that, was that it was sweet. it was like you could almost get away with some stuff because it's like well you know they're
0: they're Leave married. him alone. that's yeah, that, that's married. the mm. yeah.
1: whereas like a lot of other sort of television shows that there was maybe a the fiction I think it was because he was playing a guy yeah you know it like it it's hard. It's like it was supposedly closer to him. Yeah. And so people just assumed it was more real.
0: and Yeah, even the though the character is not him. The character right. is a writer, not a performer. Yeah. And, well, I mean, he's a performer, but yeah. like, And it, the character is not named Dick Van Dyke. But because it was called The Dick Van Dyke Show, somehow, yeah. they were like, well, this is what he's really like.
1: Yeah. I, I I, mean, it's not super relevant to anything, but I just, I loved the idea that that at least in his telling of yeah. the story, that's how they got away with stuff.
0: It, I mean, it is interesting to hear that they were consciously pushing boundaries at the time Yeah, to, to have that confirmed because I yeah. would assume they would have to like that little bit with her taking off the necklace oh, yeah. that's very suggestive especially feels like for the time period to be like damn like that's I'm pretty sure that shows that's before i dream of genie yeah. and i dream of genie even though they did show them you know in the bedroom like we said but like still you couldn't show her belly button on right. screen like still there were restrictions about and you never see the inside of the bedroom at least not in that first episode so yeah it's like i don't know it's a uh, um it, it is interesting to have it confirmed that they were they were pushing the boat out of it there.
1: yeah you you don't see the bed the inside of the bedroom but uh there is a chaperone in there so it's all oh recording. it's fine yeah One, one last little little...
0: lady in the corner sitting in a chair,
1: just knitting. (laughs) One last, one last little tidbit about uh, Dick Van Dyke, the Dick Van Dyke show. He apparently on a couple of occasions got confronted when he was out for dinner with his wife, that he was like stepping out on Mary Moore.
0: Oh my God. That's amazing. The idea that people were a so convinced that he was really married to her. Yeah. One of those little electric bikes just I didn't, we should have said this at the top of the episode that it is, we are in the middle of a heat wave and, in, and uh, in not even August, end of July when we were recording this. So it's, uh, you're looking at your watch to see if it was August. Well, It's, it's seven and
1: a half hours to August. We're <laughs> yeah, getting close. Yeah.
0: yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. we're in the middle of a heat wave at the end of July. It is like over 90 degrees in Seattle, which is unusual. And so we, we do have the window open. Because it's very hot in here even even so, without any fans or anything on. So yeah. If there's some weird noises or you hear some crows calling in my in the tree outside my window, I'm sorry, but deal with it. Anyway, what were we saying about Mary Tyler Moore? Oh, the idea that people were so convinced that he was actually married to Mary Tyler Moore, that when they saw him out with another woman, they didn't go, Oh, is he not married to Mary Tyler Moore? I thought he was. He's stepping out on her. Or is that his real life? They didn't even think they were so convinced that they were like, I'm going to go tell that guy, give you a piece of my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and that they thought it's important for me to walk up to this famous person in a restaurant and call him out like amazing.
1: Well, the, the, I mean, part of it is the, the, the distance of years, but there a few of these shows. I just remember sitting there watching them, just feeling, feeling like this is so wholesome. Yeah. And that one was, I think the, the pinnacle of that, of all the shows we watched that like, it just has this feeling of like, You know, when people are like back in the good old days or, you know, back when, back when people were better or whatever, like when people get nostalgic, nostalgic for the past, I know that it's a fantasy, but I've very rarely seen the fantasy as strong as I can see it in this where I'm like, okay, this is your vague memory. Yeah. You know, because sometimes you hear folks older than us talk about vague memories of like, it used to be like this and Walter Cronkite would tell you the news or whatever. And I'm, I'm like, when literally when? And like. That is actually, this this artifact, this, the Dick Van Dyke show, is like, okay, that that's a when. Yeah. That's a when we can specifically point to and find things in. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Carl. Right. Okay. Well, I think we should address the, uh, I was going to say the elephant in the room, but it might be more appropriate to say we should address the bear in the room. Because we also did watch <laughs> a show with a bear this season. And, uh. I just thought uh, we should sort of talk about that moment when this podcast lost its way and went into a tailspin.
0: Oh, I was like, we watched a show with a bear. I was racking my brain to think of a scene in any of these Nick and Night shows or Ted Lasso that had a bear in them. I had already forgotten because tailspin was not technically part of season five. Except that it came out exactly two weeks before the beginning right, of right. season five. So, yes. We uh, we temporarily, on uh, April 1st, uh, forgot what our show was about. And I did question later. I was like, why did we decide the funny joke would be we forgot what our show was about? Not, hey everybody, we're pivoting to a new <laughs> topic. We're changing what our show is about. That seems like the more obvious joke than we forgot for a minute that our show wasn't about violence. Sometimes I wonder how our brains work, strangely.
1: Uh, by all accounts, it doesn't make sense. No,
0: no. But it was fun. It was fun. I genuinely enjoyed watching that with you.
1: I, I, that is such a good memory. That's a top tier memory of working on this podcast. Yeah. Just because that was something that upon revisit, it was both like chinsier. Then I remember it's just like yeah. a lower quality worse, product.
0: Worse and also better. Yeah. Well, I certainly had no memory. I, I'm sure I didn't see this, but like the fact that it was shot, like it shot, it was made as if it was like a feature length film, just like kind of like a direct to video. But apparently I think it was actually shown in some theaters, mm-hmm. but kind of as like a promotional right thing for the show more than it was like this is a real movie
1: what and the, it's so weird cuz like some of the the paintings and the map paintings and backgrounds mm. and things are really high quality like there yeah. is some gorgeous work on display and then there's also and, like
0: yeah.
1: the giant lightning laser thing that is just like a ball on the end of a stick
0: yeah well and also um the incredibly forgettable songs which oh, i found yeah. i found out i think after unfortunately after we recorded the podcast i found out that uh the, the the all those forgettable songs including an entire extra one that was edited out it was shown in the theatrical version and edited right. out for the tv show and when i stumbled across it online i legitimately sat there going was this edited out or did i just forget it because it's deeply boring and forgettable and i was pretty sure and then i found the confirmation somewhere that it was edited out and i was right. like i think we watched the tv version right but anyway uh th- th- those songs were all written by the same songwriting it was a married duo mm-hmm. Uh, that wrote the theme song which is a unimpeachable banger yeah. and they also wrote the Gummy Bears theme song which is also pretty damn good I'm like they must have been rushed that's the mm-hmm. only explanation I could think of for it maybe they were going through something and they were rushed it seems like there has to be two elements to explain why all the songs in that are not just forgettable but kind of
1: bad I my my uh my theory is that they've got hired to write the theme song and then late in production it was like oh we need three more musical numbers cause Maybe. we're going to because i can't remember i'm i'm now drawing a blank but tailspin originally began life as they were developing a a spin-off or a sequel or something to something else and then they mushed it up with jungle book it was like a
0: i don't remember this but it sounds feasible <laughs>
1: It's sort of like uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers was originally—it uh, was meant to be more of the rescuers.
0: Oh wow! That explains so much. Yeah. That would make so much more sense than Chippendale. I mean, it wasn't a problem. I think that was a great show. I loved right. it as a kid, and I still have very fond memories of it now. Even though I have no interest in watching the new movie, but uh, yeah, it—the it, idea of okay, Chippendale are just two lovable scamps who do not wear clothes and make life hell for Donald Duck somehow being like now they're adventurers like it it's it's as uh, in a, it's it's just as confusing as a bunch of jungle animals teaching a human boy how to live in the in India yeah. suddenly they're in the Caribbean in the 40s and they're doing an adventure serial yeah. it's like just as how did we get here
1: yeah <laughs> the- I can't, I'm now, I can't, I'm, it's bothering me that I'm drawing a blank on what the original sort of pitch was, but it was, it was one of those things where they had a thing and another thing, and then they just kind of now kiss The them. thing
0: I'm, it, the thing it's reminding me of is I, I might be remembering this incorrectly and I apologize if anyone knows the truth about this, but there's some, it is a true fact that the same uh, songwriting duo was two brothers, the Sherman brothers, I think is their name, wrote the music for, um, uh, Disney's. Uh, Mary Poppins mm-hmm. and also uh, Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Right, and I feel like I heard a thing at one point where um, they had started working on Mary Poppins, and then uh, the the author of Mary Poppins started there started being issues. Right, right. I know that is also a fact that there were issues with her and Disney, and they made a whole movie about it with Tom Hanks, who made Disney seem like a great guy uh, because he's Tom Hanks. But I believe that that caused a delay in the production of Mary Poppins, but Disney had the Sherman Brothers on retainer, and they went, oh. well, we've got this other book right. that we're thinking about making a movie for, so here's this book. Maybe write some songs for that. And if you watch those two movies back-to-back, the songs do seem like some of them could have been interchangeable. Right. And there's maybe some question of... There's maybe some truth that like some of the songs were supposed to be for one movie and got moved to the other or something like that.
1: Well, definitely the I Love to Laugh... Thing. I love yeah. to laugh where they're like floating up to the ceiling. Yeah.
0: It has nothing to do with what's happening in the... It could have been in any live-action Disney movie, right. pretty much.
1: And that also seems much more at home in a film called Bedknobs and Broomsticks yeah. than in well, Mary Poppins. And
0: also the, the the one in Bedknobs and Broomsticks, the, the bobbing along, bobbing along at the bottom of the beautiful blind sea. Yeah. Where they're suddenly like dancing with fish. That could have just as easily been one of the dream sequences in Mary Poppins. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, both films have a lot of uh, of, of uh, live action and animation together. "Bedknobs and Broomsticks," even more so. Right. But yeah,
1: um, I have. to... I, and they it's... also
0: both contain. Oh, what's his name? The actor who plays the dad in Mary Poppins is also the the adult <sighs> lead in "Bedknobs and Broomsticks." What's his name? Except he's a much more likable guy.
1: <laughs> oh, it's. I'm.
0: He's like he's like he's like the, the 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 that the dad from Mary Poppins. If he had like a younger brother who was like the black sheep of the family and his existence is part of why the dad is such a like stiff upper lip guy in the beginning of the movie. That's the character he plays in bed, nobs and boosters. Okay. So
1: I, I had to look up the tailspin pitch thing. Cause it, oh, I just okay. remember it being convoluted and kind of weird. So I, here's the quick cliff notes. Yeah. Uh, I encourage you to go down the, the, the Wikipedia rabbit hole about this, but essentially Raiders of the Lost Ark came out in... Sure. ...81, 82, something like that. And the following year, a show called Tales of the Golden Monkey... ...or Tales of the Gold Monkey was released... ...that mm. was like an adventure serial... ...basically kind of trying to do the same thing. Right. Disney was trying to develop an animated adventure show... ...and they had four different production teams... ...under four different producers... ...who were kind of all supposed to be pitching adventure shows. Yeah. And one team was... Basically, trying to do an animated Tales of the Gold Monkey because it's about that show is about an air cargo service kind of thing. Yeah, they were also inspired by Porco Rosso, the mm, Miyazaki mm-hmm. movie. Which, if you think about the world of Tailspin, that,
0: that is one I've still never seen, but I at least know the brief.
1: Yeah, it's like very similar kind of animation style, float planes, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're like, Oh, we kind of make a Porco Rosso thing. And then the Jungle Book was theatrically re-released for its 30th anniversary. And they're like, <sighs> let's just let's just put, like... Because they couldn't, fi- they couldn't yeah. crack what characters to use. And, and they're like, oh, Jungle Book, that's hot right now. Let's use yeah. them. So it's kind of use like Use the a,
0: momentum of people remembering that they like the Jungle Book and a new generation being introduced yeah. to it. Yeah.
1: And so it's just like, it's just kind of a weird pitch where it's like, we're trying to make an animated Indiana Jones-ish show that's a 1930s throwback... That is part of like the second wave of 30s nostalgia, you know, 20s, 30s serial nostalgia. Because yeah. there was like the 50s revival and then 30 years later, the 80s revival. Of yeah, that, like, yeah, yeah. Those 30 year cycles. And you know what? Let's let's so let's combine a nostalgia thing from 60 years ago with a nostalgia thing from 30 years ago as they both come around in the.
0: Yeah, yeah. In mm-hmm. the thing.
1: It's just—it's really, really fascinating. How Honestly, that, works.
0: that yeah, that explains everything. Like I—I I had a feeling as a kid. Obviously, I never questioned it. You don't right. question those things when you're a kid. No, that is just, just like, the world. That's just this show, and you're like, okay. Yeah. But as an adult looking at it and going, "Hey, that was a weird combination of things. How did that come together? That is a perfectly like, yeah, this thing was popular at the time, so they were trying to rip it off, and they had this other property that had, was a, experienced a revival and they went, mm, you know, so <laughs> it, it's, it all, it's, it's a perfectly cromulent explanation.
1: Are you ready for one more, the, the one more piece of that? Puzzle? Oh,
0: oh, please.
1: So, you know how the show is about kind of a lovable doofus who owns a business, but he has, he doesn't really have a head for, you know, business, business, uh-huh. uh, you know what the most popular show on television was at the time? We've watched the first episode of Oh, it. tell me. Cheers. So wow. the reason that there is... We have
0: not watched that. You watched it on your own. Did, we didn't watch it on your own. We the, did not. Oh,
1: did. my God. I talk about Cheers with you so much. I just We've, figured we watched it together. We have
0: talked about it on the podcast, but you watched Cheers.
1: Right. So I've watched, like, the first couple seasons of Cheers. Yeah. And so, you know, Ted Danson. He's this lovable doofus. He owns a bar. He's not a bad businessman, but, like, they throw into... In the very first episode... Um, I'm totally forgetting her name now. She shows up. Uh, not. Oh. Not Kirstie Alley, tip. the one who was there
0: before her. Oh, I was trying to remember the character name. It's on the tip of my brain. But Shelly. Du- uh, Diane. Di- yes, Diane.
1: So they bring Shelly in- Long. Shelly yeah. Shelley
0: Long and Shelly Duvall. I mix them up all the time. They're both willowy 80s actresses. Yeah. 70s, 80s. So anyway.
1: Just brought up Shelly Duvall and my brain shut down for a second. I'm sorry. Okay. And I'm back.
0: In a good way or a bad Oh, way? in a, the best way. Okay. Okay. <sighs> Popeye. Wow. All right. Formative. All Very right. Very
1: formative. But so, you know, that all of a sudden, you know, his lovable is his business, it's like kind of his clubhouse. It's his thing. And then they bring in the the, the strong-willed 80s businesswoman type uh uh-huh. as, you know, comes Diane in comes in. To, yeah. And so the, the, the I can't remember her, Rebecca. Rebecca. The, who comes in and she buys the float plane business and ends up being a part owner and they're always butting heads. Uh-huh. Was directly inspired Buy that from Cheers. That's
0: amazing. Because
1: she's the one, like, the one solid lead who doesn't really have an analog back in the Jungle, the jungle yeah, Book. Yeah, no,
0: she's the, she's the only, um, well, no, I mean, other than the two kid characters who are obviously introduced because there are no children characters. Right. You need kids on a kid's show, I guess they decided, right. and there's no kids in the Jungle Book. But, like, yeah, she's... She, <laughs> I was I'm sorry I realized I was gonna say yeah, she's the only character and then I'm right. like no there's the two kids and there's the villain right. of the two villains the funny one the, right. the pirate character he's also not from it so never right. mind but yeah no that that makes absolute sense also you've got King Louie
1: uh-huh. now runs a bar right right you
0: know fun, Sharecon,
1: c- cool Con hangout. yeah but it's just like it, it's like fascinating to sort of to to very very clearly have these things, and these are things that like the creators have talked about in interviews, like they're very open yeah. about this, that this all this stuff went into a blender, yeah, and out came that.
0: You know what? The funny thing is that um, all I needed to hear was, you know, anniversary re release of Jungle Book and. Raised the Lust Arc very popular. And I went, There you go. The added bit about also they thought we should well, maybe we should also take this relationship from Cheers and copy it over. That's just an extra cherry on top of this banana Sunday, which is called a banana split. Uh I don't know why I called a banana sundae. It's not. Anyway, it's not of, right now.
1: Speaking of banana sundays, uh, you've got me thinking about dessert, which makes me think about cinnamon rolls, which makes me think about the Other outlier show that we watched this season.
0: Now, I'm genuinely amazed at myself that I didn't end up watching more of Ted Lasso. Mm -hmm. Did you watch even one more? I didn't. And you know what? I think I can point to the one exact reason. And it's that it's on a streaming service that I don't have. Yeah. Now... Could I have asked around and found a friend who was willing to let me use their login? Of course not. We follow the rules, and we are law-abiding citizens. Of course I could, but it was just that one extra step. Yeah. And it's pandemic times, and honestly, I have so much screen in my life, uh, right. even still, after two and a half goddamn years, that when I watch TV now, it's usually because I want to just like relax and escape and like. I just end up rewatching a lot of like old faves and I mostly watch stuff that me and my roommate are both interested in watching.
1: Right.
0: So I don't make a point to watch something just because I found it an interesting show, which is usually in the before times would be why I sought out something and watched it. But you know, my roommate and I have rewatched the entirety of leverage twice in the past calendar year. So (laughs) that's where my head is at. Well, you know, uh, the,
1: I've uh, I've been on a rewatch journey through Star Trek Deep Space Nine.
0: Yeah, I have also, but that's been going on for several years. I just, I have uh, starts and stops. Every yeah. time Kai Wynn shows up, I lose my will to live or watch the show.
1: I mean, Pope Pope <laughs> Karen is, a, is hard.
0: Yeah, she's the f-ing worst. People who like her, of the two main villains of that show, people who are like, Oh, Kaiwen is really interesting and complex and Golducot is like boring. I don't want to talk to those people. When I found out that they existed on the internet, I was so upset cuz I'm on the opposite opposite camp.
1: I yeah, I'm so confused as to I I wonder if it's like she was maybe really popular with like concert there's like a weird conservative Christian block that really likes Star Trek. Yeah. I, you know, I grew no. up in that community. But I've
0: seen people making we memes. We didn't like her there, I've, either. I, yeah, I've seen people in, like, Star Trek shit posting groups who are posting funny memes referencing the fact that Kai Wynn is, like, an interesting, fun, complex villain, and Golducat is, is just the worst and should not be talked about. And I'm like, no, it's literally the opposite. But
1: Gol <laughs> is, like, so charming that you, you're happy to hang yeah. out with him until you remember he's literally
0: a Nazi! Yeah. Like... Actual war criminal, Gul He's actually a very, 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 very bad person. But Mark alimo makes him so charming at times. And even when he's charming, it's charming in a way that kind of makes your skin crawl. Yeah. It's so, he's such an interesting character. But then there's times when you're like, this goofball, love this guy. Oh, he murders, he does murders, right. Sorry, I forgot about the murders for a second. Not a goofball, not a goofball. Okay, moving on. <laughs> but Ka- Kai Win shows up and you're just like, uh, this bitch again. Do we have to watch this episode? Kaiwin at it again with the white nonsense. <laughs> like she's just the, she's just tedious. She just makes me not want to watch the show. And I don't understand people who feel the opposite about those two characters. But this is this well. <laughs> this no, episode this... is not about Dave's life mine.
1: I mean every every episode I spend <laughs> on any podcast I ever appear on. Talking about TV, Deep Space Nine goes through my brain at least once. Fair. So I'm glad that it was finally externalized on this day.
0: On this day. Anyway. (laughs) Ted Lasso, though, was delightful. Yeah. And I really do want to watch more of it. I want to see more. I want to live in that uh, universe more. I want to see where they go with it and, like, how the characters develop and, like, what you get out of it. Oh, someone did just recently tell me that. One of our uh Cliff's uh, um uh, predictions comes true in the second season. Oh, wow. But I don't remember what any of them were. And I said, don't tell me which Lasso one it is. Ted Lasso
1: joins the Avengers. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> I don't
0: remember what any of ours were. Um, oh, no, I think they said one of the ones we had was like really close to being correct. And then one of them was more or less correct, but in season two or something like that. And oh. I was like, oh, good. Well done us. Yeah, I, I still would like to re- watch more of that show. It just it's a, what on Apple Plus or something, and I just oh yeah, I think you mentioned that your parents were going were getting the Apple Plus for the the winter season, and you were totally gonna watch it, and then you did not. So what's your excuse? Uh,
1: I ended up not being around as much during the winter season as I thought I was going to be. Uh. Because I ended up leaving for the Arctic a lot earlier than I thought. Of I that's was going
0: right, to. I forgot about that. And well, you didn't watch Ted Lasso while you were having an exciting adventure on a tall ship in the Arctic. You didn't spend your precious your one wild and precious trip to the Arctic watching Ted Lasso.
1: No, because I had so much Deep Space Nine on my laptop. <laughs> that was a, the, the, the Here's a little. Here's a little uh, Arctic story for just the listeners of the podcast where I talk about TV shows. Mm-hmm. I brought a season two of star Trek, deep space nine with me on the ship. And and every night kind of like in the evening, I would go have a little time to myself and I would read for about an hour. And then I would uh, work on learning Norwegian for about an hour. And then I would watch an episode of deep space nine. I kind of had a little two and a half hour, three hour block of time where I was in the cabin alone, just in my bunk, kind of all cozy and snuggly with like a hot drink. And uh, the first like, really hardcore o'brien must suffer deep space 9 mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. was in that block of episodes that i watched while i was in the arctic and i was on a ship far from civilization no internet and i like could not talk to anybody about like the emotions i was feeling Oh, right the
0: one with fake o'brien
1: with fake o'brien oh, yeah
0: don't, like, we shouldn't say anything more than that just because right There's no, I, I, in Sarah's house, there is no statute of limitations on spoilers that you don't need to talk about. But yeah, like that is an intense episode. That one's got some fricking feelings.
1: Yeah. And it was just like, sort of to like the, the, this character is like questioning the nature of their reality and like kind of all those kind of things like, and feeling like everyone's turning on you. And it's just like it was so effective because it was the kind of story you usually get in a standalone movie. Yeah. But the twist came in a story where you're used to Cole Meany being Miles O'Brien yeah. for years at this point. Yeah. Um, and I had somehow missed that episode in all of my watchings of Deep Space Nine growing up. You know, yeah. I've seen I had most no memory of it, of it when yeah. I,
0: because I watched the show on the air yeah. when it was airing for the most part. And like, I had no memory of that one for sure. When I went back to do my grown-up rewatch and it was like, heavy yeah heavy and so,
1: and so i ended up cornering another member of the expedition like later that evening and we drank like three beers and i like explained this whole thing and why it was so emotionally like impactful <laughs> uh to someone who had never watched star trek deep space 9 or i think any star trek cuz he grew up in spain and it wasn't yeah. really his thing and so to just be like and so then he found out That he wasn't him. And my friend goes, oh, that sounds very uh, dramatic. (laughs) I can see why you had to talk about it.
0: Uh, Well, that's very, very generous of him to sit and... uh, (laughs)
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm glad that I could just mention which episode it was to you. And I'm sure to many of our listeners and you go, oh my God, yes.
0: Right? I think the weirdest thing about that episode, honestly, is that it ends on such a weirdly light note with the whole thing about, like, the... oh. oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I was thinking of a different episode. Yeah. I was thinking about the one where the whole thing happens because Keiko says, Miles would not be drinking coffee at that oh, time yeah. of day, <laughs> and then in the end, it's, like, the super intense episode, and at the end, he's like, oh, no, I drink coffee all the time, all <laughs> day long, and she's like, oh.
1: I thought I knew you, Miles. Good thing.
0: I thought I knew that because I ended up saving your life because I thought you didn't drink coffee or something. Sorry, I don't remember what the main crux was of that episode. Totally different episode. Pardon me.
1: I mean, O'Brien did have to suffer many times.
0: Yeah. Look, as long as we're talking about Deep Space Nine, can I just say something? Yes. Which is that in all the memes that I see on the internet about Deep Space Nine, people love to refer to Cisco as like a space dad. Uh huh. And like, I understand that he's a dad, but like, so is O'Brien. And as far as like dad stereotypes go, I feel like Miles O'Brien is way more dad than Cisco is. Cisco's like a cool dad.
1: Like, yeah.
0: O'Brien, look, all this guy wants to do is watch his World War Two documentaries and have a beer with his buddy, but the whole damn station won't stop messing with the thermostat. Like, this is his whole life.
1: Yeah. He's everybody's dad. He's, he
0: is the cliché dad and a literal dad. And and I don't know, it just bothers me people are like why does everyone just call say space dad? Like that covers everything. I partially also because when I was a kid watching TNG, mm. I liked to fantasize that uh uh Riker and Troy were my parents. So I think of them as like space mom and space dad in yep. a way. And because I love uh as flawed as the writing is at times, I still deeply love Keiko and Miles' relationship, so mm-hmm. I kind of think of them as space mom and space dad sometimes. But I never think of Tisco as space dad. He's too cool. He's too cool to be space dad. Yeah. So he what is a dad, but it's incidental. Anyway, moving on. What we're
1: saying, though, is that Ted Lasso was good. We just didn't have time <laughs> yes. to watch more of it.
0: Now that we've talked about Space Nine, Ted Lasso was good.
1: <laughs> well, Sarah, as we're sort of winding down this discussion of season past... Yeah. Why don't we chat for a few minutes about the future of what's going on here?
0: Speaking of Deep Space Nine, let's talk about the future.
1: <laughs> we have some amazing sort of segue points in yeah, this episode. Yeah,
0: good. That's good. Uh, so we usually finish our season finale with a little bit of an announcement about what is coming in the future and what our plan is. And often we've had at least a rough time of year, if not a specific date, for the next season to begin. And we've known what the theme was going to be, or at least we had an idea of a theme. This time we are ending on a much more uncertain note, partially because uh, Strangely is about to go on another adventure, which will not allow for a lot of podcast recording.
1: I'm going to be going to a school in Fossen, Norway. I'm going to Fossenfokkoskola, which is near Trondheim.
0: Oh, sure. Near Trondheim. I, uh, <laughs> well, I mean,
1: you know, Trondheim being the Everybody fifth biggest city in Norway is sort of like me saying I am the world's fifth most famous goose core band. <laughs> but uh, yeah. But anyway, so I'm going to the school. It's an intensive nine month program to learn how to build traditional Viking longboats using traditional techniques. And it's all taught in Norwegian, which Yai Yai ik snacker Norse. So I'm still working on it. Uh, but, uh, I've got, uh, storched amount of work to do to finish. Um.
0: Tusen tak. Nice. It's like one of the things, one of the few things I can say. But a higley. Higley. You have to say tusen tak. If you say tusen tak, that means a thousand roofs. Uh, yeah, you know. You can't hold out that A too long. You gotta, I was told you have to kind of bounce it. Tak. Tusen tak. Uh,
1: tusen tak. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's a thousand
1: thanks, anyone. One of my favorite things about sort of everyone knowing that I'm trying to learn Norwegian right now is everyone has like the one thing they know how to say in Norwegian. Uh-huh. And my favorite one so far is this like older man that I know through the Billion Farmer's Market community. And he really wanted me to learn snok du dronlinger, which means listen to the queen. <laughs> and it's like a, it's sort of like a. a Please
0: use that whenever when someone is not paying attention to you and you yeah. need to get their attention.
1: <laughs> listen to the queen. <laughs> s- snak to droning. It's like uh, s- snak to droning. It's like listen to the queen is like it's like a, a marital proverb, right? So like uh, husbands like listen to the queen.
0: I was thinking it was something about like you know just toe the line, follow the rules, like yeah. listen to the. But I I I don't know that Norway has ever had a ruling queen. I don't know if they've had
1: a, a queen in her own right as like on her own, but they I believe yeah. they still a queen, have. A queen,
0: not just a married to the king, queen.
1: Yeah, they. Right. A queen, queen.
0: A, 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 a woman,
1: a, a, king. Yeah. They have not had a woman, king.
0: Right. To differentiate, because like when a queen, queen has is married, that person does not get to get called the king. But no, when he the, is like the king consort, is married. Yeah. The but consort. when a king is married, that, that person is called the queen. Right. Because gender.
1: Uh, I know that they still have uh, royals, though, because one night I was walking through Oslo and I was very drunk and I ended up looking at Google Maps and going, I could get there faster if I went in a straight line through this, which looks like a park. And so I hopped a little fence and was sort of walking along and I passed a large building with pillars and things. And I just sort of kept walking. Oh, no. And then a very, very handsome man with a gun came up to me and was like, uh, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm walking, th- going there. And he said, this is uh, restricted. At night, it's closed. Uh, this is the palace. And I went, oh, uh, and he goes. It's all right. They are The king is not in residence right now, so you just go there, and, and he let I, me go.
0: I can't believe that the royal palace of Norway has hoppable fences.
1: <laughs> it, I mean, so, so much of Norway has hoppable fences in places where we would have 10-foot-high barbed wire, because well, people, people just know not to.
0: I guess. I guess so. Like,
1: as soon as he heard me speaking, you know, as soon as he was like, ah, an American, you are you are basically an illiterate child. I am. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for you.
0: Not only in the sense that you can barely speak our language, but also in the sense that you don't know better than to just hop a fence and break a rule. So anyway, Uh, despite
1: my earlier uh, faux pas, I am going back to Norway. Faux's paw? Fox's paws? Faux paws?
0: Yeah, one of those little fox paws. Uh,
1: I'm going back to Norway to learn how to build Viking longboats and it's this intensive program, so for the most part, I won't have reliable internet access and I'm going to be kind of out there.
0: You're going to be busy making boats?
1: That's right. Making boats, sailing boats, dreaming about boats, eating out of Little round boats.
0: (laughs) Yeah, those little paper trays that are called boats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So as a result, and also because of the eight, nine hour time difference.
1: Yeah, something, it changes based on daylight savings.
0: It's going to be uh, uh, difficult or possibly impossible for us to get anything recorded. And because of a very busy... Uh, schedule for for both of us um but especially you preparing for this trip and on the heels of coming back from your trip to the arctic that did not leave us time to do one of our little what we call a clump night and record all of a season in one go and then have them pieced out uh (laughs) over time so uh we had a chat about what that meant and we also thought you know it has been over five years we've done five seasons and, uh, uh un- unlike a lot of podcasts where five seasons might mean, um, you know, like a, cu- a-, a couple hundred episodes or something, we, we managed over five years, to- in five seasons to put out 69 episodes up top. Ah! <laughs> hey. uh, so, yeah, it's, um, we thought this would be a good time to sort of revisit and say, how do we feel about the podcast? And what do we want to do? We want to change anything about the future. So should we talk about what our, our loose idea is? It's not, nothing set in stone, but. Yeah.
1: And if, if if why don't you take the lead on this? Because I yeah. feel like I did a lot of talking about uh, about tailspin and wooden <laughs> boat school. So you you kind of. You had more concrete ideas about this than yeah, I did, but is, I was yeah. very yes, Andy. So yeah, I'm yes. ready to be your yes, Andy.
0: <laughs> yes, Andy. Um, so I'm just thinking. I'm just because Nick at Night. I'm just imagining somebody watching the Andy Griffith show at home and just being like horny, <laughs> Andy Griffith, being like yes, Andy. <laughs> I love a man in uniform. <laughs> yes, nailed it. Anyway, the point is. Uh, the loose idea that we have for the future is that this feed and this show and kind of everything that we're doing podcast wise, the Sarah and Strangely show, will be pivoting from pilot house to something that we're tentatively calling Herringbone Audio Presents. Uh, Her- the Herringbone Society is a sort of light loosely t- named a uh, production company if you like to call it that of me and strangely um, uh, my brother I almost said our brother how adorable uh my brother Aaron and uh my sister uh SD that we have sort of like you know sort of vague uh it's the umbrella com- it's a parent company of all the yeah. stuff that we all make so uh in case you always wondered why the podcast always says pilot house is a herringbone society production at the end and- now you know
1: that's also why at the end of most episodes of Strangely and Friends, the podcast, I have a similar little thing where I say oh, yeah, Strangely and Friends, the podcast is a Herringbone Society production.
0: Because technically both Strangely and Friends, the podcast and Pilot House are both Herringbone audio shows. We've just never actually done anything about that fact. So the idea is that in the future, in this same feed, so stay subscribed, uh, we will post occasional episodes for a while. Um, that might, whenever, if, if we are able to make something happen while Strange is Nori, for example, if we, we end up thinking of something or whatever, maybe we'll watch another movie. We had a really fun time talking about Jaws last season. Oh yeah. Um, or in, in, in between season, Mm -hmm. the, the October spooktacular. (laughs) Uh, and we, yeah, we might do like a movie or we might do like a, like we'll pick a topic, like a scuttlebutt type thing Mm -hmm. and just like. That would be really fun to talk about. Let's just do that. We have some time. There's a day where both of us can be awake and cognizant at the same time and record this. You know, we might post it up in the feed, um, but it might not be about television or movies or anything similar. It might be something else. Because the one thing that we've really picked up on from the audience feedback that we've gotten over the last five-ish years is that the thing that people mainly responded to with this show is our Rapport uh, and our personalities, less so like the premise of two people talking about TV, which you can get on a lot of other podcasts. I mean,
1: yeah, I, I, I don't really feel like I have anything particularly great to add to talking about TV, but I feel like I am one of the best in the world at talking with Sarah Shea about oh. literally anything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I am also, like of, of my many skills, one of them is having a good, good time talking, talking to strangers. <laughs> okay okay fun's fun you will have your little jokes all right (laughs) the point is that this feed may in the future theoretically involve um straight up episodes of pilot house you know us talking about a show we've never watched before it could be the two of us talking about something totally different it could be one of us doing a thing uh or with another guest um all of this stuff is sort of in the in the in the in the ether um and We hope that uh, once uh, Boat School is Mm -hmm. done, we might have something a little more concrete going on. But honestly, the future is very uncertain for both of us. So um, that's why we kind of thought of this idea of the the Herringbone Society presents being a somewhat more open plan, open concept podcast feed to give us the opportunity to... not throw away the idea of having a podcast or our feed or our listeners or, or anything, but also not lock ourselves into a thing when we really don't know what life is going to look like for us in the future. So we hope that you guys will stay subscribed to this channel and continue with us on whatever journey we go on.
1: It's, it's always been a journey and it continues to be a journey. You know, looking back over the last five-ish years of doing this, I remember when I first suggested to you that we do this, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just like, I love talking about TV with Sarah Shea, and it's funny that the show that originally motivated me to like want to do this whole thing, I still haven't managed to sit you down and make you watch an episode of Earth Final Conflict, but like at some point...
0: what? You told me that White Collar was the show that made you want to do like, this podcast. Yes, that's why that was our first episode.
1: I'm sorry, you're I mean, right. our zero. So episode. White White yeah. Collar, we watched and did that. But once the premise had been established, yeah. the show, I really wanted to sit you down and be like, you need to watch this banana, Cuckoo Bananas thing.
0: Well, but at one we point we haven't
1: watched it yet.
0: But at one point, isn't that the show where you told me you only wanted to talk about it if I liked the show? Isn't that the one? There was one show where you said, I really want to do this for the podcast, but if you end up not liking it, I don't want to talk about it because it'll bum me out. Isn't that the one? I, maybe? Maybe you were just going through it. You're having a moment at that I was moment. having a moment with that show. Yeah. because There it- was a point where you said, let's not record what we know or whatever, but like, if you want to sit down and watch that show at some oh, point, watch it. And if maybe. you end up liking it, then we'll record a discussion about it.
1: Well, the, the 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 main point of all of this yeah, is that anyway. I still haven't managed to, we still haven't managed to record that. So there are still sort I, I of,
0: would have watched it sooner yeah. if I thought you really wanted to do it.
1: Well, I, I'm just realizing looking back, that's like the one show regret yeah. that we just didn't get around to, but sure. we Let's could still regrets. do. We yeah. still could. And, yeah. and that's the thing is like, just looking back at all of this, you know, I started doing this because I wanted to make stuff with you and I still want to make stuff with you. You know, I I mentioned to you earlier when we were talking off mic that you are a huge factor in my prose writing because you are often the second reader. You go through and you make sure I spelled my own name correctly and that the commas are in the right places and all of those like proofreading things. But also, you give me comments on structure and form and and clarity that I I think are really huge. And if you're
0: looking for a freelance copy editor, visit sarahshay.com, email me. I have very
1: reasonable rates. <laughs> and very, very useful, helpful comments as Thank well.
0: Thank you. I'm glad.
1: So, you know, it's it's something that, you know, for our listeners who enjoy our comedy and our friendship and, and all of that, like, those things are still happening. The collaboration is still happening. It's just not exactly this particular thing in this particular capacity, but it's something that we both enjoy. Yeah. And we want to find ways to make more of it happen in the future. Speaking of, of, of little uh, notes for people listening, if you who are listening to this or someone you know is just like really, really, really into editing large two gigabyte audio files <laughs> and taking out all of the weird mouth pops and, and breath noises and coughs and everything, uh, please get in touch because we're sort of interested in exploring the idea of hiring somebody to be a producer for us on this to yeah. edit, a, edit this and also help us get the audio quality kicked up a notch.
0: Yeah. Uh, we've, we've acknowledged that although, you know, we've both learned to do it and I think learned to do it fairly well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the production aspect of the show is the part that we are least stoked about. Um, so yeah, uh, if, if anyone is interested in, uh, helping us out in that arena, it would help for there to be more of Pilot House or whatever we make in the future if someone else is willing to help us out with some of those uh, big old uh, files. Also, listening to our own voices sometimes gets a little tedious. I'm not gonna lie. I did absolutely listen to our hustle catch up the other day just for fun. <laughs> I did that. I don't hate listening to the sound of my own voice. That's the kind of person I am. Well, but eventually, even you, for get me, inocula- it gets...
1: you get inoculated to yeah. it when you've produced 69 nice episodes of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, we have both spent hundreds of hours, like, editing this yeah. show yeah. over the years. Yeah. It's, it's out, it, like, to <laughs> have done.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, even, it gets to be quite a lot, and I think we would make more, and perhaps more frequently, if we had someone to help with that. So, we're just putting that one out in the universe.
1: Speaking of help, one last thing I wanted to talk about while we're sort of recording this.
0: Still haven't done Columbo. Anyway, sorry, continue. <laughs>
1: Just one more thing. (laughs) Columbo. Oh, my God. That would be an amazing. One
0: more thing. Uh, Forget everything we just said. We're starting a Columbo podcast. Columboys, we're coming for you.
1: No. Oh, the the gag I was thinking of is like, we're like, so anyway, thanks for Elizabeth Pilot House. Doom, 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 doom. Like we go out, we do the outro music, everything. And then it's like, just one more thing. And then it's a full episode on Columbo, like (laughs) on the end of this.
0: Yes. Uh, (sighs) Good times.
1: The the one last thing though I wanted to say is that if you are a longtime listener of this podcast or if you recently found us through I have no idea how, <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah. You know, th- I know that there are some of you who have been with us for years are the incredible supporters on Patreon. Yes. Uh, but Bless also. You. I I know I have a few friends out there who aren't financial supporter people of us, but who occasionally will send me comments and things and or who just let me know that they listen. And yeah. I appreciate all of you because any time in this life that you make art and then you put it out, especially putting it out on the internet, it just feels like you have spent all this effort to craft something and then you're just throwing it down a hole. Yep. And- yep. <laughs> Every single reach out that we get from literally anyone means the world to us.
0: It really, really does. And it, it means so much. And I I'm, I'm, I do this with other podcasts that I listen to as well. I know it's easy. You just listen to the thing and you enjoy it or don't enjoy it. And sometimes you talk back to the hosts while you're listening to it and alone in your house. Just me. Uh, but you don't always necessarily think too much say that to the hosts or to message them and say this is really funny or oh my gosh I love this bit or something and I think there's an inclination to assume um, which may be true with some podcasts with very popular um, Mm -hmm. hosts or big fan bases you assume like they hear that a lot they don't need to hear that from me but uh, just a reminder that everybody likes hearing that and for smaller podcasts they may not hear it at all or very often so um, let not just us. I'm not just saying, hello, please clap. Uh, I'm saying, you yeah, know, any podcast you listen to, maybe send them a message and say, dude, that last episode was really good. I really liked it. I laughed so hard. But also, please do reach out to us and let us know if you have things, aspects of the podcast that you really love, that you don't want us to lose in the future going forward. I mean, that would really be very useful information. Like, we kind of are going on the operation that. The thing that hooks people about our podcast is uh, the two of us and our rapport and our kind of thoughts and ideas and, and expressions of, of and how we talk to each other, uh, and yeah, a little bit of our commentary on pop culture or or or, or, or whatever. But not necessarily the the two people listening to uh, watching a show and then talking about it, or the, you know any other. There may be some aspect of the show I don't even realize is a distinct aspect of it, but it's your favorite thing about the show. So you know shoot us a message uh, anywhere and let us know if there's a thing that you're like okay but can whatever you guys do please please don't lose this thing please you <laughs> still use that echo effect on strangely's voice <laughs> on the segment titles because that's my favorite part of the show I don't know I don't know some yeah. thing that we might not even think of as being a unique thing about our show that it turns out it's your favorite thing could exist so let no, us but... know that so that we know to maybe keep it in the future I don't know
1: uh <laughs> like there's someone who's just here for our bumpers.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like hitting the 30 second forward button until like it's like, oh yeah, here we go. Oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> oh, love that one. So good. Uh, we should make a, a a clip reel just for that person. That's like all of our outtake versions of that that we say in the recording session where we like mumble it, but I'll put the echo effect on all of them. Oh my god. The ones where one of us is going like. Hey, that guy, or something. We say it in a silly voice because we're, you know, getting the yayas out during a recording session.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: I have saved some of them that were really funny.
1: We have had some good times. Yeah. And we will have many more.
0: Yes, we will.
1: Now, obviously, all of the Pilot House socials and things will stay active, Sarah, but what uh, is going to happen with the Patreon going forward? Nah. We talked about that a little bit. We sh- I feel like we should announce that yes. and just let folks know here.
0: Uh, So with the uh, release of this episode, the Patreon will go from monthly to per thing, um, which means if you are a patron, you will not be charged then unless we release something. So if we release, uh, if we manage to actually record something, "All Strangers in Norway, for example, and we release it, whatever month we release it, then you'll be charged that month. So um, you will stop being charged monthly as soon as season five is over, um, since we do not know if slash when the next, the next time we'll get to to release the thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, but the Patreon will continue to exist, and if we do release stuff in the future, you know, um, we'll still be there, um, and we might uh, once the once we've actually gotten the season edited and out and done, um, I'm think I'm gonna go through our collection of outtakes and. Things that we've there have been things over the years that we clipped out because we meant okay we're that's not gonna be in the episode but it's kind of funny and I'm gonna save it for posterity. Um, I've got a whole folder of that kind of stuff and some of it is one of us saying one word and some of it's like a five minute bit. So I might save I might and some of those have already gone up on the Patreon mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. sometimes I intend to post something on the Patreon and then I forget. <laughs> so uh, keep your eyes on the on the Patreon. I will be posting some of that stuff I think um, at when while strangely is away to you know kind of. Remind you guys how great Pilot House was.
1: Did we ever release the awkward, uh, we're going to have drinks and be fun attempt at talking about The Wire?
0: No, because we don't know where it is. Remember?
1: Oh, that's right. We
0: always post it. When we first started the Patreon, we were like, once we get to this level of this many patrons or whatever, we'll release the lost episode of The Wire, which was the first episode we ever recorded and is like hectic as, and, and. Mildly tedious, but we always intended to do that. But then we we didn't we didn't re- right. we, we set the goal too high and we never got there. And then one day I asked you, "Hey, do you have that original audio file?" And you weren't sure where it was. And it's not my computer because we used to. That was when we were right, recording on right. at your house. So we don't know where that is. It probably still exists, <laughs> <It's> but a... <laughs> as long as we don't know what hard drive it's on, it's schrodinger's podcast episode i think i
1: might have lent the the thumb drive that has it to jimmy hoffa Uh (laughs) uh-oh but
0: yeah so if we ever find that find that that
1: (laughs) that should go out to the patreon people if we
0: ever find it i will attempt to listen to it and see if it's as bad as i remember or maybe better maybe worse and uh we'll see (laughs)
1: Well, in the meantime, Sarah, where can people follow along, find, and support you solo, specifically?
0: Oh, no, uh, well, sarahshay.com is my website and has all of the things. But, I mean, I, I tweet pretty regularly. Uh, and I very irregularly stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the sarahshay. Um, just uh, originals and covers and take requests and all that. That is like a once every couple of months kind of thing. Um. Am I doing anything else with my life right now?
1: <laughs> you have a solo Patreon, yes?
0: Yes, I do. Yeah, patreon.com slash Sarah Shea. Should have made all of my things the same username. Uh, I think that's all the plugs I have to plug. Do I have anything else? Am I doing anything else?
1: I think that's. I think you covered the main... The main That's depressing. I feel
0: like I should have something else on the hob right now, but you know, life's complicated. So. Well, we,
1: we did have some off-mic chats about some secret projects you've been mulling, and uh, well, folks should stay tuned for future announcements. True.
0: That might just be a, a Herringbone Audio Presents, though. So. Exactly. It'll be in the feed if that little project comes to fruition. So, a little tease for you there. Just think, just think. Do you like Sarah Shea? Do you like... Movies? Do you like podcasts? Do you like weird stuff? We like the weird stuff. (laughs) Stay subscribed to this feed. (laughs) There's your little teaser. All right. So strangely, where can people find out more about your way more exciting adventures in Norway?
1: Well, uh... I I have a podcast called Strangely and Friends, the podcast, which is currently updating very irregularly because of my travel and internet access schedule. But at least twice a month, I am releasing episodes of the audiobook I made of Moby Dick. So if you just look for... Because
0: that's the kind of weirdo you are. Because that's
1: the kind of weirdo I am. That's Uh, the
0: kind of weird shit you're into.
1: (laughs) If you want to help support uh, me as I continue to travel the world and collect stories and work on art... uh, you can subscribe to my Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangely. I, yeah, I should strangely have had
0: my... or strangely and friends. See, this you is
1: patreon.com slash strangely. Okay. Strangely and friends.com is just my website. Okay. Uh, my podcast feed is generally where I'm putting most of my creative output into, except for occasionally I'll have a Kickstarter and I'll sell some zines or things like that. Uh, but yeah, just sort of keep your eyes on those two spaces, the my solo podcast feed and my Patreon and my website. I guess that's three spaces. Uh, I have kind of pulled away from social media for, I think, mental health reasons that don't really need to be explained to anyone who has <laughs> spent any time on social media. But also, uh, between my time in the Arctic recently and my upcoming time at the school, my internet access is just so sporadic that... Yeah. Sort of keeping up a presence in places like that is more difficult. Yeah.
0: Uh, Plus, you're gonna be busy. Learning I'm gonna to be make boats. so
1: busy building boats. Gonna build boats. I I want to build boats, not walls and bridges. Just get in the way <laughs> of boats. Yeah. Uh, on that note, it is so hot in here. Yeah,
0: it's 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 so July in here. Can <laughs> we can we go get dicks one last time, let's, old pal?
1: Let's go get dicks one more time. On this day.
0: All right. I think we have to do it.
1: We ha- have to do it.
0: On that note. <laughs> bye!
1: Thanks for listening to Pilot House. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pilot House Pod. Visit our website, pilothousepodcast.com. Or email us at pilothousepodcast at gmail.com to suggest future topics.
0: Please share this episode with a friend or rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find us.
1: Our podcast is entirely listener-supported. So
0: thanks to our special guest stars, Cynthia, Tina, Juniper, and Jerry.
1: Visit patreon.com slash pilothouse to find out how you can become a series regular. Pilot House is a
0: Herringbone Society production. Oh, here's a fun fact that I think people don't know. Oh, what's that? The theme music
1: mm-hmm.
0: is called Hell's Hold music. That's the <laughs> title of that piece. Strangely composed it and recorded it. Right? It's Hell's Hold it, music. Hell's yeah. Hold music. Yeah. Yeah. And when we w- in at some point in the in the in this I think the beginning of the season we re-edited it slightly to make it a little bit different. And that one is titled on my computer as Fresh Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Post credits. Stinger. Done. <laughs>